All right. Welcome back to Camera Noise. I'm Stefan. I'm in Denver. Um, this is Maddie, and I'm uh, in Cincinnati. He sure is. Um, yep. We were just talking about some movies. And we have music in the budget now, yes. That was my major laser impression. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, so Maddie and I today both had the day off in our respective locations and decided to go check out Keanu, the Key and Peele film. Um, what do you got to say about Keanu? Uh, I, I was tech, uh, a co-worker saw it and was like, oh, you got to go see it. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm very interested to see what these guys would do with like a, a bigger budget from their television show. And I haven't watched like every episode they've ever done, but I've caught a couple and I enjoy what they do. But I never thought I would see an adorable action movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just like the cat's fucking adorable. I love every yeah. scene with the kitty cat in it. Um, I, I mean, I liked it. I laughed at a lot of stuff. Uh, I wasn't like totally sold on it as a cohesive, yeah. like how long is that movie? Probably like an hour and so many minutes. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like there, there, like their moment when they really hit those moments were great. And they're really funny, but I felt like there was just so like, I don't know if the story was really there or if it should have just been like a 30, 40 minute sketch or something. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, I enjoyed it and I'm, I'm glad that those guys got a movie and they just based it around the cat. That is basically the plot point for the entire movie, yeah. which is hilarious. And then they get Keanu Reeves to come in in a dream sequence and do the voice of the cat, which is just, and then he makes a Bill and Ted uh, reference, which is yeah. great. And they yeah. don't get it. And, uh, you know, uh, I also, I mean, the George Michael stuff was funny, but I was just like, you guys play, have played this up too much. Yeah. Like, I just don't care. Yeah. I don't care. And, and I mean, I don't know, for their first outing into the film, like the big film world, I thought it was a solid effort. I mean, if you're kind of in the mood for something a little ridiculous and weird, especially with all the superhero stuff, and I know, a lot of people don't get down with that as much as yeah. the super house crew and me and you. And yeah, it's a good alternative to just go see something a little different that, you know, it is it's uh, an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, gen- I generally, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and I was just saying, there's not a lot of movies where the, where a cat is like the main character, yeah. like a live yeah. cat. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I, had a thought, I, had, I had a thought to myself at one point. I was just like, man, this is, cat is a good actor. Like, they really have a lot of good shit with this cat where he's, like, running running through, like, the action music is playing, and they got those yeah. slow-mo shots of the cat, like, running all triumphantly. You really, like, yeah. the one the one good the one good thing, uh, not the one good thing, I, I had a few belly laughs, you know? I didn't love it at yeah. all. Um, but I love those guys and I was just like, this is stupid. This is silly. <laughs> you know, actually now that I'm like, when I was in there, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of people in the theater when I was watching it. So there wasn't a whole lot of like belly laughs, but I kept like, there were little things to me. I feel like, I feel like there's probably a bunch of really funny shit in that film to yeah. those guys. I bet when they watch oh, yeah. it back, they're like dying, but it's just, uh, you know, it's little things like my my favorite um, is is Keegan out of the two, just because he he does that shit in the background where you can like something's happening on screen, but there you could still hear his voice, 
like yeah. doing something in the bathroom, like Jesus, man, come on, you know, shit like that. And you just kind of hear him, yeah. and he, like, I don't know. He just something about his persona. And he really wouldn't, I mean, when he was doing the, being like the hardcore thug impression, yeah. like I, I, part of me wishes the movie was even more over the top. Like I wish they went weirder with it almost. Cause yeah. it seems like, it seems like they relied too much on, on, playing around with conven- the conventions of action movies with, without it being as funny. I just, I, I kind of like their show. Um, I really, I really love their show. I don't think I've watched all of it, but I've watched like how many seasons were there? I've watched most of it. I've watched a ton of like it. Like three or four, right? I, yeah, I used to just binge watch it continually late at night and super stoned, you know, it's like, it's a really good stoner comedy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of wish they had, I kind of wish they had more of themselves playing other characters. Um, and, and, and they do that. They play these two characters that are kind of like the MacGuffin of the movie, like the thing that kind of kicks everything off. Um, but they don't really express how much range they have in terms of the characters that they've already played. It's always kind of the same joke, but I feel like playing the same kind of thing, like where, uh, Jordan Peele would just be like, uh-oh, what is this happening right now? And then Keegan would be like, man, you know, like yeah. it, kept, it, kept be, it kept being that same kind of thing over and over. I, uh, yeah, I totally get it. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, who knows what that original script was actually like, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, like what they had to just draw back for like a big budget, you know, I mean, you, I mean, I feel like we all know at this point, like studios get involved and things change. Yeah, I'd like um, to. Uh, I, I like the the. I like how they started off just like you know it's an obvious play off of um, John Wick. Yeah, you know, kind of the the whole setup for it. I bet the idea came from exactly from them watching John Wick. So it seems like there's actually moments in the film where you kind of are getting a little peek into just hanging out with these guys for like an hour and a half. Yeah, which is cool because they <laughs> they. The best shit in that movie is when they're just like, I don't know, I don't know, it's a fucking movie, I don't know. We we know that these characters are like one-offs, but when I think about it, I was like, man, they have to live the rest of their lives contemplating the fact that they've murdered people at this point, or a handful of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, but, yeah. but the way it comes off is just so like, yeah, we're killing people, it's our movie. And it's just like, that's great, you know, to me. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite moments is, is when like uh, the love interest, I guess, in the movie is like, arrests uh one of the characters and he's like yeah. I, you're right yeah we did kill people i mean there's got to be repercussions <laughs> yeah. you know uh, there's there, there's <laughs> in the movie that are just great uh i would just want to yeah. say uh method man is great in this movie and i didn't realize he had like the he has a pretty good range in this movie of being like the gangster dude you know he can be too yeah you know like it's just kind of funny to watch him um there's one moment where uh method man is petting the little kitten in it and the kitten uh, falls asleep, and it's fucking adorable. Like, I don't think they meant for the kitten to fall asleep, but it is literally passed out in his arms. And it's probably the weakest I've ever seen Method Man. Um, I noticed but that. But it was adorable. Because like, you see that shot. For, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. You see that instance yeah. where, like, Method Man's delivering a line, but you could tell he's, like, so happy because he's got, like, a cute little animal in his hand. Yeah. And it's, like, it's not what you think traditionally when you think about the Wu-Tang Clan, you know? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, I mean, I didn't like regret spending the money I spent on it. I mean, movies are fairly, ex- 
I mean, I think I paid like ten seventy five. So at this point in Cincinnati, it's like almost eleven bucks to see a movie at, on yeah. at seven o'clock. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of it's it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's upsetting that you have to pay that much. But I walked out of that movie, and there was enough little gems in there of just the kind of comedy I like. Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. Now that was a fun watch for me. So yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I feel like when I was in theater, I was just like, "Come on, guys, come on, make me laugh more and harder and more consistently. Like, come on, let's do it." You know, just so used to that kind of like rapid fire succession of jokes. But they're you know they're definitely used to, um, they're definitely used to uh, that shorter segmented style of storytelling, like skits and shit. Then that you could tell between between like they're big, they kind of just they kind of set it up so all the funny moments play out kind of like a skit. You know, there has a build up, there's a middle conflict, and then there's a resolution, and then you move on to the next thing. But it seems yeah. like to break those up in between, they had these moments that were like you know they were like plays on action movie tropes and shit like that. But they kind of they kind of lulled, they kind of drag up until you get to the next funny moment and. You know, it's uh, the people in the audience. There was like nobody in the audience. I went, I went to a matinee at like four on a Monday. Yeah, so there was nobody there really but me. Um, I was laughing, but it does help like going to comedies, even if they're not generally like the funniest at the time. Just kind of having that energy of an audience around you, just building, like wanting to laugh more, kind of makes the movie better. As I say, I feel like I want to, I would want to watch this movie again, maybe with like a bunch of Key and Peele fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think I enjoy. I didn't have any expectations because I've only seen like maybe a handful of episodes of the show. Um, yeah, I kind of just liked it, kind of going in fresh. Not really like I've seen like the funny sketches that everyone likes and you know, the ones that, that I've just kind of been drawn to. Like one of my favorite sketches is the one where the he's like the sick kid in the hospital bed and he like is like uh-huh. really demented. It's just like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. the stuff he asked for in the make a wish is just so it's so disturbing. It's so great. <laughs> but uh, uh I was just kind of just ready for them to unleash like what's a key and pill movie gonna be like, especially yeah. with like I- playing up the John Wick and just action movies and it's got this cute kitten in it. Um, and yeah. I only saw it, it was like I was the fifth person in the theater and uh, there were some laughs, but I feel like everything that they were laughing at was kind of like the stuff that they, just you see yeah. in every movie that gets the laugh. Yeah, and exactly. I was kind of giggling to more of the reference stuff <laughs> that they were referencing or just the weirder stuff. But yeah. like Stefan knows me like my one of my favorite comedies is White Hot American Summer. So yeah. I kind of get into that that weird shit. And I'm kind of like, you yeah, I wish maybe it would have been a little weirder, but I feel like they yeah. kind of played it safe with this first. You one. know what? You I mean, what? I love a Keanu too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Their their strength is in there's the strongest scenes in Keanu were really when when they were faced they had to act like gangsters because they're so unconvincingly like yeah. tough guys and gangsters, you know, like if the movie was just about like screw the you know, I mean I like the cat as motivation. The cat was great. Keep the cat yeah. it was good. But if they got rid of like the kind of cartel stuff on the outside, the fucking assassins you know, if it was yeah. just if it was just Key and Peele having to like hang out with this gang for an entire movie, like it could have been so many different things. But the best parts yeah. were definitely when they were trying to be like part of the gang or whatever, and yeah. and teaching the yeah. gang members how to be more like 
sensitive and sensible and conservative and shit like that. Yeah, I love this. Like the, the te- <laughs> it's teamwork. It's working. They're, or whatever. Team building. They're communicating. <laughs> so good. That's and so I feel like good. those moments get lost in like like you're saying with like the cartel mode. Like just making it try to like just like just to go down this intense rabbit yeah. hole. It's, it's like either, you had a really like solid got, film. Like I think Yeah. It's either gotta be like a full on parody of John Wick or it's gotta be their own thing. And I think they it seems like they're kinda wrestling with, you know, playing off the gimmick of being like, let's fucking make a crazy action movie because you know that's how it started the conversation. Um but but it really it really there I think they're probably better in a situation that's more like kind of like what Kevin Hart does, you know, or kind of like what, um, like Ride Along, or what was the one with uh, Will Ferrell? Uh, um, uh, I don't, I haven't oh, seen Ride Along or uh, Well, Will I haven't Ferrell. seen Ride Along either. I'm not the biggest fan of Ice Cube as an actor, but Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell made a movie called Get Hard, where uh, Kevin Hart has to teach Will Ferrell how to be a badass before he goes to prison or something like that. Yeah. And um, it's just like one of those films that you know unassuming i don't know how you feel about will ferrell or kevin hart but um but they're i heard that one was really funny after watch that but my point is is that they you know they put themselves in more realistic situations that allow them to kind of be their wackier selves um yeah and i feel like i feel like he and pill benefit from from that uh they would benefit from it but but also like i don't know they could be so strange and weird and eccentric that i don't know it's like the more i think about it the more i try and dissect it the more i'm just like actually i really fucking kind of liked keanu more than i thought when i left you know it took it took some time but i'm just like dang i love those guys it's definitely gonna have to be like once it comes out on uh, DVD, it'll definitely yeah. be like a red box rental just to like, like re see it, just uh, see if anything still hits the same way. And yeah. I might enjoy it more too. Like you could say like I think some of the best times watching some movies is being with a pretty like not a huge packed theater, but like you know there's enough people in there where you get the laughs when you want the laughs. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, you know, especially when you like watch a horror movie or something, it's like great yeah. when people jump or you hear that gasp. It's just like, yes, it yeah. worked. I know I'm scared too. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, I like. I think that goes think into I, a lot of like you're going experience for some movies. I think it can work for a film and it can also work against it where you see like a big budget action movie. And you're like, oh, that was a lot of yeah. fun and really exciting. And then you go back and watch it again. You're like, that was pretty shitty. Yeah hyped because everyone else was so hyped to watch this you know right yeah so it's a weird thing that happens in the theater like you can have a really great theater experience then get that movie home and go oh well i didn't really care for that as much as i thought i did but it was fun in the theater that's what i that's what i love that's why i love you know i tend to go to the movies on my own i have a really hard time like waiting for people when something's released like i don't i have because people are going to start talking about it you know and that and I think that's my favorite, obviously, with camera noise, that's like my favorite part about going to the movies is later yeah. on when you can communicate it with others. Um, but sometimes the dynamic in the theaters, it can be really off. And that lends to the enjoyment. Uh, I have two examples. One time I went to when Brave came out, Pixar's movie Brave. Like I went yeah. as a Pixar fan. I'm like, I love Pixar movies. They're always really great. 
I'm going to go to see Brave at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> and, and I'm in there like waiting for this movie and I just like smoked a bowl. I probably had like a little shot of something before I went in the theater, just get nice and toasty. And then it's just me watching Brave with like soccer moms and they're like, 12 or like nine to 12 year old daughters and it's nothing but them and i'm just like this like ratty looking bearded uh, <laughs> guy and i'm just trying to watch a pixar movie but i'm just like man i really did played this all wrong yeah i did the same sort of thing with um the uh, animated turtles movie that came out because i was excited yeah. to see like what oh, that yeah, would be like that. and uh i went by myself and it was kind of the same situation i don't i might have been high yeah. I don't know. But I went and saw it. And I think this is like when like me, you, Eric, we're living together and like I couldn't get you or Eric to go yeah. with me because you guys like, I don't want to see that. And I was like, fuck it, it's yeah. turtles. I've gotta go, man. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um But yeah, it was it was an interesting afternoon for sure. Especially I always love going to see movies on a whim. Cause I'm just like, I have the day yeah. off and I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> and then I wander around. Well, yeah. It's just There's fun that. to sometimes go see a big action movie by yourself and just like become a fanboy, like seeing Captain America yeah. civil war. There's probably like the biggest smile on my face. And I'm sure people are like, what the fuck's yeah. so happy about, but it was just a lot of fun to, you know, go by myself and just see this thing mm-hmm. that I was excited to see. You know, there's a lot of, uh, that like civil war, you know, there's just so much excitement. So we're going to talk about Civil War now. (laughs) There's just so much excitement, like, building up to it. And then just, like, people around me. I just – and the audience was so so varied, it seemed like. You know, it's just, like, everybody's just – you know, however most people feel about comic book movies or superhero movies or the Marvel movies or following, like, episodic content the way that they're doing. um, People – it's just, like, an event, you know, and people are just, like – that excitement of sharing that event with people is is a lot of fun and and especially for civil war which is just like you know for it's it's just a huge movie it's so big but they it's like they play their cards right and they spend their money well um and they cut out you know a lot of the fat even though it is a pretty long movie it seems like they very delicately were moving you from thing to thing. You know, it's like in Civil War, I feel like just when when the, the more dramatic scenes, the non-action, non-comedic, non-costume scenes, um, you know, there's there's that nagging feeling. You're like, but I want to see Iron Man already. I want to see this. I want to see that, you know, and it's just like, yeah. well, they got to, you know, they're trying to give you this story. They're trying to tell you the story with some sense of towards quality and acting and directing and their production value and everything like that. It's like, it's also a film. It's not just, you know, a, a, a brawl, but I feel like, I feel like they did a good job of balancing all those out. Like just when a scene for me started to get kind of like drag on a little too much, it would, it would immediately r- start to ramp up again. Yeah, I, uh, I feel that I feel the exact same way. I just feel like the pacing's great in that yeah. film. Uh, I think those guys just get how to make a solid film, uh, and they also get how to make a really great comic book. Um, I was just yeah. I've been before we started chatting. I've been rewatching Avengers, and it's still on. And there's uh-huh. that moment in Avengers when Tony Stark comes into the carrier and is like, "And that guy's playing Galica," and then he says it like one more time. <laughs> 
And I was like, that's like, like it's a weird thing. And then it's like, yeah, to show the kid turning on Galaga. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck's the point of this like joke? It's not, it's not even that funny. It doesn't even land that well. And uh-huh. it's kind of, and I feel like the Russo brothers, like person in the movie has their film. Every joke lands, you know, uh, yeah. I'm kind of yeah. like you. Well, I was uh, in the one part of this spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, you probably just shouldn't listen to this. Cause I'm just going to yeah. say what spoiler, 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 spoiler. But that point where they're doing the big battle on the airport. And I was like, ah, I've just kind of seen all this. Like Spider-Man isn't doing anything super cool. Cause I mean, uh, we've all seen Spider-Man films and he does kind of the same stuff, which is fine. I mean, yeah. it was great that Spider-Man was in it. Yeah. And I love Tom Holland. But about that time is when you get giant man. And I was just like, this is fucking brilliant, man. Just like these guys knew when I was going to get tired of them and be like, move on, move the plot along. I need to know what's and, going yeah, on. Let's just get like there. And then he's like, then he's just like, uh, anytime I've tried this, I've passed out before. And I was like, what's he going to do? And then he just turns into giant man. And I was like, Oh my God, these get, I was just like, these fucking brothers are brilliant. Yeah, that my jaw dropped at that moment. And it was just like, it, what's cool is like they're allowing the evolution of these these characters and they're and the way that they're building towards those big moments are is is in it's like it's not rushed but it's also not you know dwelt upon so heavily you know my biggest problem with comic book movies um is there's like this or you know any movie is like this idea to well not any movie but like comic book movies they're trying to build towards this moment where it's like a big like dun da da kind of moment yeah but but i just feel like that's like getting so played out now and people rely so much on these these you know these big builds towards knowledge that everybody has but with this gi- this giant man moment uh, for the listener, if you're at this point, we've already spoiled it, but that's Ant-Man. Also, Paul Rudd's character, Ant-Man, is also yeah. Giant-Man, um, for people who don't know. Uh, and um, when this moment happens, it's like so many things run through your head because you're just like, oh, my God, they're, they're, allowing, they're allowing these characters. Like, they're, not only is that kind of like a nod to the hardcore fan, because they didn't have to do that. He could have done Ant-Man fucking tiny little ant-man adventures in the armor and whatever he could have done that for a whole sequence and people would have eaten it up but the fact that they just flipped it up and they're just like let's make this motherfucker giant why not it's right there on the page boom and then somebody like me who's semi-familiar with the old uh the like george perez era avenger comics those are the ones i like the most um you know like you giant man is not somebody i ever thought i'd see on screen and not without it being like you know some kind of like revision type of scenario where you have somebody else playing the character that paul Rudd made famous or something like that you know where they're trying to grab out something out of the bag that's new they just like in civil war they just are throwing so much new shit at you but they're not skimping on 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 like the development between those moments yeah the way that batman versus superman did yeah i feel like i just feel like in any other director's hands the whole giant man scene would have had to have been talked about before it actually happened and then you were kind of knew knew it was going to happen at some point but the thing i loved right. about it is like, this is part of what ant-man can do like if you don't read it it's almost like it's like unapologetic it's like if you don't know exactly, then who cares yeah. it's going to be a really cool action scene and we'll talk about it yeah. in the next Ant-Man movie. Probably do something yeah. even cooler. And then 
but it's like they don't even have to worry about trying to set that up in the next film, like him trying to grow big. It's like it's done. He knows how yeah. to do it. So for Ant Man two, it's great. Like I'm looking forward to seeing Wasp yeah. in the next one. That's what I want in the next one. Me too. So well, um, well, what's really what's really great about that Ant Man moment is we since the second tra- or like the third trailer or whatever we knew Spider Man was going to be in this. So everybody already knew Spider Man was coming back. And it's yeah. a huge draw for people to see Spider-Man. And like you said, he doesn't do anything like really that different than what we've seen. But it's just, it's cool. Um, it's cool to, to s- just have him involved and that that universe is just spreading wider and wider. If you think back to the first Iron Man and now to where we are with this young new Spider-Man, um, so much shit has happened. And it's just a testament to the way that these this company has been handling these properties and the way that the people have been telling the story so far, most especially yeah. the Russo brothers who, you know, who aren't Joss Whedon, you know, everybody puts so much faith in Joss Whedon, not to say he didn't do a great job on either of the two movies he did, which he did, but you know, the, the time had to come for a changing of the guard, you know, um, yeah. and, and the Russo brothers are just, like you know high praises all around just by their means of being able to get there's a there's a moment in in the movie where tom holland as spider-man points out that captain america's shield like just doesn't really follow physics at all and then captain america says something like um there's a lot going on here that you don't understand that you won't understand and then yeah. Spider-Man replies, you know, Mr. Stark said you would say that or something like that. It's just the banter through the fight. Um, and and it was a cool way of kind of poking fun at oneself while also being able to not ro- rob people of that experience by taking them out of the, the film. Well, so I think it works too because uh, you have Spider-Man who has to obviously have the webbing attached to something to swing. Yeah. Like in video games and other things, it's like, what is he really attaching to to great to swing into this fight scene in yeah. an airport? Because airports are pretty open, dude. It's not like this yeah. battle took place in New York City. Yeah. For me, it was kind of a like a kind of back and forth about how like, yeah, well, you do the same shit, you know? Like we're just comic book characters, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's I, I, I don't I, go I, watch these movies yeah. for reality. Captain America throw that shield all day long or Spider-Man swing into yeah. fucking breaks glass and take say, on the Winter Soldier, man. Yeah, I will say, um, for my money, it's a balance of those two things that you just mentioned. And one thing I thought was cool was that they were fairly conscientious with where Spider-Man's webs were going, what they were directed at. Um, yeah. unless, it was a, unless it was kind of a close-up, you know what I mean? Because then it could really be anything. But when they were like wider shots, it was like, he was they were starting to show spider-man like utilize the things around him and throw things which i always thought is cool i always love when spider-man is fighting some villain like the lizard or something coming out the sewer and like manhole covers are being either thrown or caught with webbing you know it's just like they uh they were just you know or what i was getting at earlier was like you know we knew spider-man was coming but then it kind of is this like diversion because when you have this character that's kind of lower tier by comparison to the others um, and played by Paul Rudd, you know, in the Marvel universe, they really gave that character his moment to shine.
by just being like, and this is happening. And how about a little bit of this? Here's some Black Panther. There's some Spider-Man. You know, here's the yeah. cap just going off. Here's Iron Man and shit. Like, uh, here's Scarlet Witch and the Vision and Hawkeye having a scene all to themselves. And yeah. also, how about a little Giant Man? We'll see you guys later, you know? <laughs> you drop the yeah. mic. Boom. <laughs> you're like if you don't if they're like if you don't like the movie by this moment right now we you're not a fan yeah they wouldn't care about you know take a nap <laughs> yeah it's great i thought uh zemo was great as the villain i didn't really know what to expect because yeah. i'm not very familiar with him and kind of uh, uh just talking with other people i think a lot of people have become more fans of like captain america and Iron Man and some of these, like, I mean, who thought Ant-Man would be this big or even, like, Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy? And they're like, you have these very talented directors. It just, it just goes to show that in the marketplace, like, the audiences are willing to take risks as well, you know? And I think, I think Deadpool and the other movies you just mentioned and a lot of the comic book movies, even Batman versus Superman, it's, like, being, a, being um, willing to take risks on certain things because man geek fans are widespread and now it's becoming more um well yeah that kind of goes back to your thing saying about like kind of the diverse people you get going to see these films now because i feel like when you go see like i don't know like when the prequels came out for the star wars films you've got a certain amount like they're not everybody's gonna go see that yeah i feel like now when you go see like the new superhero movie you know you have this whole a diverse group of people who are either there for a cool action movie or have just now started to like be like oh maybe i should read some of these great captain america stories maybe i should pick up this new ant-man run or something and that's really cool because it's you know i mean comic books are fun man and they're you know they're for everyone there's a little bit of something out there for everyone yeah and and you know all the all the greatest moments of these characters are are um you know, they're in the movies and like Civil War, you know, the Captain America moments, the Black Panther moments, they're, they're the things about those characters in the comics that make them great, but they're like, well, they're well realized and handled with love and in terms of being able to portray them on a film without it being like cheesy or come off as hokey. Like they really take, there's a real natural kind of feel to the way that the, the Marvel movies tend to play out you know the emotions all seem real it's just good writing man it's just such good writing and and with as much money as they throw at these movies man that that should be the case every time you know uh but 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 it can be hard probably to gauge what the audience is going to how they're going to react to things but again the point is risks um especially in comic book films man because like most of the people that are making those movies, their money back are people that grew up with those properties. You know, it's a very niche generation. The younger kids are more into social media and their phones. And, you know, the older ones are, are like parents and trying to support their families and stuff now. So, you know, I think you and I kind of are in this generation that was this middle ground where nineties, you know, that's in the nineties comics started to be seriously considered as films, as TV shows. And so we're in this kind of like transitional generation of, of, of how these things come out. So like for us, I think for our generation, it's the most enjoyable time because of the risks that are now being taken because, you know, the fanboys have grown up. Like we want to see good films. We, you know, these characters are our favorites and they remind us of when we were kids and how much fun that was, but we're grown now and it would be, 
you know, for my money, for my taste, it, it, I always think it would be great if those things could grow up with me somehow or, or, you know, like, like in, in instance, for instance, with Deadpool, like just that it's so crass and vulgar, um, unapologetically, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's like it plays to the part of me that swears too much and you know, yeah. drinks too much. It, it, and so it's like, it, yeah. It's just nice to see a film like that again. I just, it'd be that big of a budget film and like be in multiple theaters. Cause I feel like most of the R rated movies I see now are like horror films or something, you know, or yeah. there'll be like a Great random action movie that comes out. Like that's okay. Wasn't yeah. necessarily sold on it. That's rated R, but it's great that I went in and saw that. Like my favorite thing was like, I felt like I was watching, like I shouldn't have been watching Deadpool. I was like, this is Marvel. It's got cursing in it. <laughs> right. Jokes and dick jokes. Right. And I, I, do, I don't I, know what I'm yeah. doing here. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? You're like 32 years old. This is for you. They made it for I, you. I did. I did really enjoy in civil war, how they like, they allowed those, they like allowed the problems between the superheroes to be really adult, you know, like even yeah. they throw, you know, they can't say so many swear words cause it's a PG 13 movie, but they're throwing shit around a lot as expletives for other expletives, you know what I mean? Um, which, you know, that scene between the vision and Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch is just so good because the vision, you know, he, they, he, he could easily be played just like Spock, you know, like super cold yeah. and calculating, but there's something in the vision that allows him to be compassionate, caring, and, um, you know, considerate of others. Like he's kind of driven by this consideration of, of, of you know especially with scarlet witch the way she's perceived by people because you know later down the line they have a little thing but um also like the way he reveres all the other superheroes even though when he's at a philosophical conflict with them and so it's like you have this scene and hawkeye uh jeremy renner carries those scenes so well because he could easily just fade into the background i'm not saying he would and i'm yeah. i'm sure they wouldn't cast uh, wouldn't have casted him I mean, he's just so perfect for this role, and he's kind of like he's kind of like the wild card, like um, or not the wild card, but the ace in the hole. You know, he's yeah. kind of the guy. He comes in and kind of like oversees things, and he'll knock out a couple cool one-liners, do some great action. But he's serious business. He's not fucking around, yeah. and you go to it. So, God, that that scene was one of my favorites. Absolutely, the vision is like such a brilliantly realized and like majestic thing to see on screen. Yeah, I fucking I, love uh, Paul Bettany. I didn't even think, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware Hawkeye was in Civil War. I haven't really yeah. like watched, like I watched the trailers and stuff and I don't remember seeing him or just didn't pay attention because I was like so excited maybe to catch a game of Spider-Man or some of the other characters I was looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Like Black Panther was another big, like I'm not like a huge Black Panther fan. I've never read any of the comics, but I was excited to see him just to see what they could do with it. Yeah. But you're right. Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye has some of the best moments. And watching the scene with Scarlet Witch where he comes in to, like, get, break her out of. Yeah. Then reminded me of the yeah. scene that they have in Avengers Age of Ultron where she's kind of freaking out. And they jump into uh, that building and he gives her that pep talk. And you just you talking about how Hawkeye, like, kind of just, like, does what he does. He's silent. But he'll in, in every movie he's in, he yeah. has this one moment where he says some really cool shit. Yeah, one liner, you know. and then it's like you don't hear anything <laughs> from him for the rest of the film, and it's like it's so good. Like you don't need, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He's just so well realized you, you know, in this universe. You know, you know who he is. Uh, 
Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye in these Marvel movies, he's like that kid from Monster Squad, the bad kid, who when the when the vampires are come walking up, they're like, "What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" And he walks away. They're like, "Where are you going?" And he pull he reaches back and grabs a stake for his bow and arrow. And he pulls it out, and he's yeah. like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? And yeah, he starts right. fucking laying these chicks out, and I'm just like, that, that's Jeremy Renner. He's just like, you know, you think about him, he's just like, well, I got to jump off this roof that's crumbling, and I don't know yeah. if I'm going to live, but fuck it. You know, and then he's just shooting. He's like, he's for the greater good of the mission. I love, again, back to that vision scene when he's running out with um, when he's running out with Scarlet Witch. He, like, fires off those two arrows on the opposite sides of the room, and then he grabs yeah. her. They have a little dialogue or whatever. And he's like, come on, Cap needs our help. And he knows he knows that the Vision, um, in that entire si- situation, he already knew that the Vision could best him. And then when Vision has him in a headlock and he's like not allowing him to attack or whatever, you know, he's beat at that moment. But just for sake of his loyalty to Captain America, he would put himself in that danger or, or in that position to fail. Um, but and then yeah. so and then Scarlet Witch comes in and and you know she restrains the vision you know in order because she believes in what Captain America is doing you know it's just like the conflict between these heroes was like you could see all sides and the drama and I think the emotion that's there is like you don't want to see them fight but they are really having a conflict of ideals um, but a great yeah. a great moment that's you know the great moment that in the movie just in general is when uh, Hawkeye and um, Black Widow are fighting back and forth. And then, he, you know, she's like, we're still friends though. Right. And then he like, he like blocks her hit with his arrow or whatever. He's like, of course, no biggie. You know, and then they just like fight and punch each other. And then like, you know, yeah. I'm just like, yes, man. Like, it's cool because when the, when, you know, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers conflict was, it just kind of snowballed. It escalated very quickly. So it's hard to bounce back from that, especially between yeah. friends. So that was like the more de- detrimental conflict going on there. But then it showed you how the different conflicts of these different um, heroes play out. And also the little camaraderie between like the Falcon and, and um, Winter Soldier was so good. There wasn't much yeah. of it, but it was subtle. And it was just like, yeah, these dudes are fucking hanging out probably all day trying to figure out what to do. You know, at some point it's going to be like somebody's going to crack a beer and like they're going to like get to know each other. Like when you get to know each other at work. And so there's that moment, uh, I forget when Falcon and Winter Soldier are fighting Spider-Man and he like totally lays them out or whatever. Um, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then Falcon lays out Spider-Man with, the, with his, with Red Wing, the little robotic bird. Um, yeah. But then there's just that moment where uh, Winter Soldier's just like, you couldn't have done that. Uh, you couldn't have done that when you first saw him or something like that. You couldn't have done that five minutes ago. And yeah. Falcon was just like, I hate you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. It was such a good moment. I love the movie because it is like a versus film. It doesn't say it anywhere on there. No one's going to hate each other. And I love the letter that Cap sends Iron Man at the end because I feel like reading the Civil War comic, just Civil War, it just, like, didn't, like, I mean, these are superheroes, man. Some of these guys are best friends, and they've been on so many adventures. And it was great to just have that moment from Cap that's like, listen, we're different people, but I'm going to be there anytime you need me. And it's just, like, it's so Captain America. It's so, like, I just love it so much. Like, I feel like I should hate Captain America because I'm like, you're so perfect. And, like, I hate characters like that because I love, like, the Batman but like he's just so good. Like 
does yeah. everything to the well, best of his ability. I, that's what I love between these between these two characters. It's like, you know, like Batman versus Superman. It's like, which one do you think can punch the other one the hardest? But this yeah. this is like this is like which one do you align yourself to morally? Like the things that you yeah. stand. It calls into these questions. Like maybe people don't think about it that deep, but that's what's put in front of you. And you're just like, you know, it's like, yeah, which, like, where do I really side with these fucking Sokovia Accords, you know? It's politics, like, bleeding into free will and free choice and the responsibility of having abilities that that far surpass other people who, who you know, who otherwise wouldn't stand a chance against these people. So it's like, it brings up a lot of these, like, moral implications with this fun shit, you know? It's like, it's like some Einstein action figure shit, you know, like, you know, this reminds me of it. It's like um, when I was a kid and I'd play action figures, I had a couple of good friends that I play action figures with. And some of them were, and one of them was really kind of there with me um, coming up with storylines and like rapid fire lines of dialogue. Like we were creating a story in front of us. And then I had other friends who would just be like, hey, friend, want to battle? You know, and just like clack their figure up against mine. And I'm just like, what the shit is going on here? Like, Dude, I don't know if you know what happened over here, but we're setting up some dialogue and some plot points, and I don't have yeah. time for you. And you it's know? just like, that's Batman Superman to me. You know, Civil War is like that, just like, you're just like exploring the psychology of these different you know, these different archetypes of character and then Batman versus Superman is just like ear smash, ear smash. And it's just like, Jesus, yeah. just, just kill them both, please. Kill me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like Civil War just has blown that shit out of the water. I just can't not say that. I feel like Civil War is such a great film on top of being a great superhero film. It's just so well written, well acted, well directed. The effects yeah. technology is unreal right now. Like movies and video yeah. games, man. It, this shit is is the future. Um, God, Civil War was amazing. <laughs> I just like after Incredible. okay, so you, so it's like that weird thing where it's like this is the third Captain America. And if you look at like the third Iron Man, like those films have definitely gone down and like, you know, like, I mean, I like all the Iron Man films, but I definitely, there is a degrading quality to each of the films as you get. Yeah. And Captain America has done this weird thing where I think the worst one is the first one. The second one was yeah. fucking great. Like it's very rare that we get a really good sequel these days. I mean, those do exist. There are really great well, sequels out there. Well, think about it, dude. Like you're your best villain. You're, well, but, this is this is a bold statement, and this is up to argument. But your best villain, quite potentially, being Baron Zemo, is like a fucking you know he's like a Bond villain. He's just like a calculating mercenary, and and they throw you crossbones, you know, like they throw you a, like a comic booky villain. But really, what was successful with Baron Zemo's villain, like you said, is he was like way more down to earth. He's probably the most realistic aspect there and he does kind of fill the foot we kind of fill those shoes of baron zemo which is strange because we experience yeah. a lot of this anguish from being you know we're not gods like the pantheon of the marvel universe we're we're just human and this guy's just human so it, it that all in itself like brings up a lot of interesting internal kind of dialogues with oneself you know in, in terms of seeing a character that's not 
you know, I think Loki is a great villain, but you know, it's, it's, he has this like infallible power too. They may as well just be best friends and buddies. They're just, you know, neither one can really beat the other or kill the other. And it's really like how these gods are protecting our mortality and, and how, you know, there are those people who don't want that, you know, people who are, you know, mythologically speaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's credit to the Russo brothers. Like, um, how do you, like, you have the world's greatest, the greatest superheroes in a film. Yeah. The villain. Like, do. you can't, I don't even know. <laughs> but what better than to just make some guy who has a, yeah. like, characters killed his family, everything he's ever known, and yeah. he just wants to pit him. Like, because I really thought the film was going to go where he was going to wake up those soldiers, and I was like, oh, this could be fun. This could be, like, a cool right. fight scene, and, like, Iron Man and Cab get back together, and then when they're dead, I was like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. what have the Russo brothers done? I thought they ruined the movie. Yeah. I was like, this is this is where it falls flat. This is where it ends. And then it just was, it was so great, especially yeah. when Black Panther tracks him down at the end and they have that conversation. And oh, Black Panther decides not to. such a good win. scene. Such oh my God, like scene. these fucking great actors just fucking blowing this shit that out of line, the water, man. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the line. I won't say it, but like Black Panther's last line to Zemo when it resolves that entire part of the conflict or that entire part of the, that thread of the movie. Um, yeah. That line is classic, man. It will be classic. I'm not going to say it cause I don't want to ruin it, but black Panther, when I first, when he first popped up, I was just like, I don't know. I like, I felt like his African accent may have been a little too forced, that, I guess. That language they is actually a real language. It's, so that was That's, pretty cool. I, I knew that. I knew that part, yeah. and those parts sounded okay. It was that. It's that. You know, like it's the it's the writing. It's the way that they write those kind of characters, um, especially yeah. like African accented characters. It's it's a lot like mm-hmm. an Indian accented character. Like we have we have really just one kind of dialect to draw from. <laughs> yeah. So so when I was listening to like Chadwick Boseman with his like. Yes, we all must, uh, you know, it's like, we all must uh, be fighters for the peace or I'm a warrior and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's, it felt like, at first, it felt kind of not authentic, you know. But then yeah. as we get more of that character and you see the network of, of you know, sub-characters behind him that have no lines but just kind of help build this, his character around him, um, then you start to be like, oh, this dude's badass. And then, and then... You know, I think at some point there may have been a more natural um, kind of progression to him getting that character. Because by that end scene with him and Zemo, it's just like, I buy it hook, line, and sinker. You know, like that dude is, he's the, he's a king and he's the protector of uh, that African nation, Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's I, just I feel like so definitely good. when you first meet him, he's like that. You know, he's definitely like you're saying, like the way that white people write that kind of character. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, but I think he really like. I think that was just kind of a show. It's like this is what you do at these uh, kind of summits. You're just nice, yeah. and this is yeah. what people expect. This is what white people expect you to sound yeah. like. And you know, and then by the time when you start getting more of his character and after his and like he's going after Winter Soldier and stuff, like you get this other side of this character that gets really dark. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, yeah. he's got to kill someone. Like, his guy yeah. does not give two shits yeah, yeah. what's you could, happening. You could see the gears turning in his head. Like, he's like, he's like, shit, I have to kill somebody now. 
Like yeah. I really have to seriously consider that this person has to die and I have to be the one to do it. You know, you could tell it's not, it's not what he wants, but he's, he's having an inner battle, like an inner conflict with, with what his father may have wanted, who was just, you know, who gets killed in the movie and, and what he stands for or whatever. So it, his character just like, in you know, it, he was such a pivotal part of this film and, you know, it wasn't like, when I, th- I think of like Spider-Man three, where they had Sandman and they had, um, who's the other villain in that one? Venom and Green Goblin. Green- wasn't Green Goblin. Didn't he show back up? Did he? Yes. Yeah. See, I don't yeah, know. Like, like too many villains or whatever, but then, you know, I always felt like Sandman was just like a, such a cool character to go with such a different type of movie. And I kind of had yeah. that worry with Black Panther that, you know, they would have this character that is cool or, you know, has its fans, its niche fan base and just underuse him or just kind of be like, the costume's really cool, right? You're going to come to Black Panther anyway, right? But they really did a job of, a really good job of giving that character a lot of weight for this particular story. Um, You know, because even by the end of the uh, send-off post-credit scene or whatever um, that leads to the Black Panther film, uh, you know, you're, so much has happened. I feel like that, you know, it's just a testament to Chadwick Boseman and the casting of these films because they're finding people that have, they have that range of theatricality where they can play, do the mask stuff, you know, or play behind this iconic type of character, but also, you know, they're, they're, this is their craft. They're, they're thinking about it. You know, the best type of actors are the ones that you can tell are aware of their performance, but not allowing that to obstruct anything natural about the performance. That's my two cents yeah. on acting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think all the casting for all these characters is great. I just, uh, Thor, the uh, first one. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of like you. I do have a soft spot for those films. I think they're great. I definitely love that, like, Norse mythology shit a lot. And yeah. And it's yeah. fun to see those characters. And I even like the second one. It's not the best, yeah. but I, I, I think the Dark Elves look fucking uh fucking weird yeah, i think they're cool and, but um i you know it's like i uh, oh, i'm just saying about the casting it's just like you have these guys who haven't really done much or they're just in these like minor films or and marvel just put a lot of faith in them and they just like fucking knocked it out of the park with a lot of this like especially casting tom holland who i've not seen in anything besides this yeah. like to be the new yeah. spider-man like and that let's, kid fucking sold it, man. Let, like, let's yeah, let's just take a moment to talk about Tom Holland for a second. Okay. Because Spider Man, like I said, people people knew Spider Man was coming from that final trailer. If you're into trailers, I'm I'm finding there's not a lot of people that watch trailers on the regular. I, you know, I watch every trailer that's released pretty much. I mean, there's a lot of them, but I'm like, you didn't see that yet. But anyway. So yeah. a lot of people knew Spider Man was coming, and then but the way that they went about it, and I won't spoil that either. Um, the way that they went about it um, in this film in order to incorporate Spider-Man, tell a little bit of his story and, um, and, you know, also kind of reintroduce him to this universe. And we know Spider-Man's already got a spinoff movie coming out titled Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. which is uh, another conversation we can get to. Um, but Tom Holland, when the first, from the first, like this kid is just like, he is, He's Peter Parker, man. He's like, yeah. you know, any all the gripes that we had with the previous P- Peter Parkers and, and then the things that we liked about those Peter Parkers, because yeah. they were both good. 
they were both great, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Um, but yeah. it's like, you know, there's those little things like, I wish his banter was a little bit better. Or I wish it was more like this, or I wish it was that. Like this is, this is Peter Parker that builds his own web shooters that, you know, is driven by something that plays at his honor and his goodness, the goodness in him. And even when he's fighting villains, he's trying to like break the tension. He's trying to lighten them up. You know, it's like, it's like when you have a friend who's depressed or angry and, you know, you keep poking fun at them until they smile. You know what I mean? Like Spider-Man and which is so interesting because he's, he's so much like Captain America, but he is also so much like Tony Stark and, you know, he, in a lot of ways, and hopefully we get to see this somehow or just, I don't know, they're doing such a good job with it, but you know, there's a little bit of cap and there's a little bit of Iron Man in Spider-Man. And um, that's why he's as a kid, as an, as a teenage kid in this one, like that's how he carries his own film. Like that's because it's this inner conflict that this young dude is dealing with probably beyond his emotional capacity to deal with. And also he has to fight bad guys and fucking robots and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it, I thought he was great. Uh, so good. I mean, the, I mean, I, I think we talked about uh, that one line that you didn't really care for uh, the uh, dude, right. red alarm scene. And I just, yeah. I was like a fan of it. Cause I know you were kind of like, oh, are you kidding me? And yeah. I just think it worked well. It's like, it, once it, you it, see it, uh, him do his thing and you get his yeah. character, it makes total sense. It actually, um, yeah, he's that line. He sold, he sold Spider-Man for me. Like this kid is Spider-Man. Yeah, that line, hold you on, know, I think everyone's pretty happy. That line in particular, um, that Maddie's talking about is the in the movie he catches Winter Soldier's hand. He's like, "Whoa, you got a metal arm. That's awesome." But and at first, it's like to me, it just like seems like you know, teenage mutant ninja, uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle style like um, ideas of quippy lines where they're just i don't know um but to me like in the trailer it felt like so forced like awesome totally rad right you know like really just kind of like self-aware um but it actually flows really nice in the movie and he has so many great lines leading up to that one you know you're just like yeah they really oh it's just such a treat like it's such a treat seeing spider-man in this especially since they're introducing black panther and so many new concepts and stuff and to add that on like it it does feel like an afterthought in some ways but like the best kind of afterthought you know again it's that same thing it's just like oh you had your little you know uh, you know it's like where they threw in that giant man bit it's just like yeah yeah throw it as come at me bro like we got spider-mans for days we got (laughs) black panthers for days we got great villains for days what do you want what do you need you know like these dudes are just like yeah crushing it I definitely think when Spider-Man shows up, um, when you get that scene and then you get like, when you get Paul Rudd's introduction into the universe is, is yeah. a much, it's almost like an intermission to, for some comedy to yeah this, because this is like the most serious Marvel film at this point. Like yeah. you're having these characters yeah. who are at odds against each other. Like some, some of them still like one another, but people have joined yeah. aside, you get Spider-Man and you like, it just kind of lightens the mood a little bit because you know, like right before the final act, you're going to, it's going to get serious again. There's not going to be any jokes. Yeah. And I think putting Spider-Man and also having Spider-Man on one side, Ant-Man on the other is like, you get these two, like you get this little kid just kind of having fun meeting these characters and making these jokes about stuff and not wanting really to hurt anyone, just trying to do his best. 
And then you also get like Paul Rudd, who's just like also almost amazed at everything he's doing in the movie as well. But she's a grown ass man, and, and it's just it's just so it's just so good. I love that part where he goes into Iron Man's suit and stuff. It's so oh yeah, well balanced. Like those guys fucking get how to write like multiple characters, and it's yeah. always. I mean, that's always a tricky thing. Like, I definitely think Civil War, in my opinion, was better than both of the Avengers films, just because I think those guys oh, get multiple man. characters. They can, just, like, balance them. That, they yeah, know when to throw in, like, great comedic moments and when to take them away. Yeah. it it. I was just, like... It's just... It's an incredible movie. Uh, um, they... Yeah. I don't know. You said it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, like... I this mean, is, I'm just... I like... I like I like the first Avengers movie a lot, but I feel like it does suffer from, you know, my one, the, my one gripe with like Joss Whedon style of writing is it's just a little too like sarcastically funny. Some of the time I'm just like, Oh, you smug son of a bitch. Like get over it. Yeah. And there was a lot of that stuff starting to peek through in age of Ultron. But you could tell Disney was like, man, pick it up. Light a little lighthearted, man. Come on, let's go. These They're looking for some fun. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, everybody's crying. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but uh, you know, the, the Russo brothers kind of did away with that school of thought, um, yeah. which I'm glad because, because it was like, sorry, it, it was that Dark Knight influence kind of bleeding into the Marvel Universe. Well, yeah, I think that, what you the get realism with, of it. Yeah. Well, with Joss Whedon, he's always trying to like. I mean, not to say this. This isn't like. I mean, he's always killing, trying to kill someone off. Like in both Avengers films, someone yeah. has died that has been a very cool or fun character. Like, yeah. I mean, Coulson comes back in the Agents of right. Shield show, but I don't really watch it, so I'm not basing it off of that. But and then you have Quicksilver who dies, which I thought was a poor choice, and oh, easily they could have killed off War Machine in. Civil War, and it would have been a dramatic event, yeah. and everyone. Yeah. And I would, while watching them battle, I thought Ant Man was going to kill him by accident, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I don't know if I can handle like Spider Man or someone accidentally killing him. And when Vision shoots I, Beam, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Vision kills him, yeah. and then when he's like, you know, towards the end when we know that that uh, he is okay, I was just like, "These guys get it, man!" Like I didn't come here to like watch my favorite characters die. You know, well, I just want to, I, like, I didn't want to see that in this Civil War. I read the comic. I'm fine with the way things play out in that, but I just did not want to see that in this film. And I was nervous the entire time watching this movie. I was yeah. ready for a hero to die, man. And when it didn't, I just uh, like kind of got up after the movie and was like, whew, I'm glad I have him all still. Like, yeah, I'm not a exactly. huge War Machine fan, but I'm glad he's still in this universe. No, I'm, I'm glad. So knows I like, infinity. I like the way they played it out because because as as super as these heroes are, they still their um, relationships towards people mean a lot to all of them. That's what the whole movie is about: is like maintaining yeah. the relationships that are important to you. And uh, and to see Tony Stark's, you know, like his loyalty and devotion to Rhodey, who is his like been his right hand man for years. You know, he's like his drinking buddy. He's his He's his like wingman. He's his, you know, his the ace to his maverick or whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of like the weird thing with like Bucky and Cap because they're like yeah, best friends. Exactly. Cap has left of that old world that he's not. Yeah. Like you can't help but root for Cap. You also like feel for like Tony Stark too because 
I mean, like, I don't yeah. think he's wrong in like why he wants to do what he does, and like, does it need to be re- rewritten? Yes. Yeah. But it's like I get like when Tony Stark is trying to convince Rogers to come over, he makes a lot of sense in a lot of it. It's just Cap's just too good, and things can go wrong. Like we saw what happened in Winter Soldier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's still scared or afraid that, you know, what's behind this? Is Hydra? Is there this other villainous thing that I'm going to have to fight? Like, does Captain America want to fight forever? I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he would like to, like, right. go out on a date with that lady that he, like, pseudo hooks up with, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, that scene when he kisses her and they're all in the uh, car, I loved it. Those are like your yeah, boys. Yeah. Just watching that was great. That's exactly that. what I said. I was like, "Those are his fucking dudes, man!" <laughs> like, and uh, you know, yeah. I, I, it's just such a great movie, and I'm glad the way they handled everything. I'm glad that, like, spoiler alert, that they didn't kill off like Zemo or anything, because that's one yeah. thing that bugged me about like earlier comic films. They're always killing off every well, villain. I love. I love. Like, there's these that. characters can come back. Like, yeah. if Zemo somehow in Infinity Wars or wherever gets some superpowers, he'll be yeah. fucking menacing as shit, man. That would be great. Don't kill yeah. him. There's that There's that moment at the end where where uh, Martin Freeman's character, I forget what his name was, um, he's just like, we got you. You're done. That's it. Your plan's failed. And, you know, yeah. like, Zemo is just like, did they? And yeah. then it just kind of like, you're like, what the look on Martin Freeman's face is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And I just, I love it because, you know, they're, it's a lot to ask the audience to show up to episodic, like two to three hour episodes of things and how much going to the movies costs and everything. It's a lot to ask your audience, but it, you know, the benefits are well um, well-deserved when you go into a project with like a lot of love and, and you break it down. Like you really consider the story that you're trying to tell and not just with the characters you're wanting to show or, you know, action yeah. sequences and stuff like those things, you know, will, will be there, you know, well, those things are part of the balance to strike, you know, it's gotta be fun, but it's also gotta be worth a damn. And this and civil war is just like, I don't know. I can't even think of anything to compare it to. I just feel like it's it's changed the game for even Marvel's own universe. Dude, they fucking changed the game with Winter Soldier, in my opinion. And I was like, when Civil yeah, War, I was definitely. there was this apprehension that they can't they can't strike lightning can't strike twice. You know, like it just won't happen. Yeah. And then they fucking did it, man. Yeah. Those fucking guys. Like, I'm, and then I'm, I'm like, really... oh, is that mean Wars is gonna suck now? But I'm like, no, they're gonna blow that out of the fucking water too. It's gonna be incredible. Like. We'll literally go see both parts of that film and just be like, I've seen the best comic book movie ever made. It's done. No one can beat this, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm really glad that Bucky, you know, um, has had, like, longevity through the series of films. Because he's, yeah. he's a cool character, but, you know, like, in the 90s, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about Bucky. It was just, like, Captain America was leading the Avengers, and... You know, I mean, I'm sure Bucky popped up as much, but from the perspective from like the Wizard Magazine collector perspective and reading articles, Bucky wasn't like the, at the forefront as much. But yeah. I always, I always really liked that character because um, uh, everybody's got to have a sidekick, man. And yeah, uh, and I love, I just love what they did with him because he's he's went from being he went from being Marvel's like Robin type character to being being the Marvel Cinematic Universe's like Wolverine type character. 
you know, he's, yeah. he's so, he has so many dimensions and he's such a good dude, but he's a living weapon that's capable of horrible things. And it's just like, yeah. what dude, like give, give the Rousseau brothers, the X-Men or just let Disney fucking please, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, mean, I just, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't even know that much about them except for like stuff that they've done. The, the stuff I've seen, stuff right. I haven't seen. But I don't even know if these guys are like big comic book fans. I mean, obviously they get a lot right. of it, but I, I mean, even if they're not and they've read like two Captain America comics or something, it's like, yeah. but they know how to make a good movie and how to make interesting I mean, characters. I would, and yeah, I would, I would definitely be surprised if they weren't. Um, community is rife with like comic booky type references and comic book yeah. style writing. They're just, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely like, you know, aside from being just great filmmakers, they're, they're, they're handling the franchises or these characters with a lot of love. Um, and, and I mean, it just shows it's like they love, they love their craft and now, I mean, it's so surprising because it just came from TV mostly. But I, I am so looking forward to the Russo brothers film that is outside of the Marvel universe. You know, what, what do they, what do they cook up? You know, what, you know, yeah. what kind of film would they do outside of this kind of thing? And I mean, obviously, it would be similar. But you know, I don't know. I just they're it's it's astounding what they did with these two Captain America movies and kind of like it's like they're playing with the big boys man they are the big boys now you know yeah. and like dc who used to be the big boys batman and superman are you know probably by a small margin a lot more famous than iron man captain america and spider-man but 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 those characters are trailing behind you know they're yeah. there's just oh well fucking done marvel you know it's just like you know, people see Disney as being this like huge umbrella kind of beast corporation that yeah. owns everything, which they kind of are and they do. But at the same time, it's just like, I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid here, man. Star Wars, we got a Star Wars movie coming out every year and the Marvel characters are 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 the, the characters that, you know, they should be. And... And fuck, man, give Disney DC. Let's do it. Let's New World Order. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, drinking Dude, that I, Walt I'm drinking that Walt Disney Kool-Aid, baby. Let's go. <laughs> listen, man, as far as I'm concerned, they're churning out good shit. And uh, I'll go watch good shit all the time, man. Like, I mean, if yeah. they made a shitty Star Wars movie, I would see Star Wars no matter. But if that, if Force Awakens was that bad, I would, you know, it'd be like, God, well, they don't have the magic, you know, so... Yeah. But it's just I don't know, man. Like for me, they're knocking out the park. It'll be interesting to see what the next one. Some yeah. I'm sort of war worried, but at the same time, at least it's yeah. like he's reined in. He has to produce like a fucking solid Star Wars movie yeah. after Force Awakens. You know, like they can't like they're gonna take it, the... but they can't gamble too much. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I feel like he'll be he'll be well restrained by the by Lucasfilm and the story group and everything. Um, I feel like that's probably going to, hopefully that's going to be really good for him. He he seems kind of like he's a company man to me because yeah. his, because his personal films, um, you know, he's just, he's, 
he's really his personal films are all him you know like for better or worse and in my opinion more worse than better but i hate like i don't mean to knock on the guy but it's just he really not my type of film but you know those are his auteur films those are his that's his voice he's allowed to have it but being under that star wars umbrella under that disney umbrella under that lucasfilm umbrella you know he's he's punching in every day to go to work and he's punching out every day and 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 so you know i'm i'm as not a big fan of ryan johnson i'm finding some some hope there in that kind of like corporate hierarchy which is something i never thought i would say but um <laughs> but you know it's it's kind of like you know star wars is 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 you know it needs us to survive it needs us to feed it and so yeah. they've taken great precautions to make sure that 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 chain of of supply and demand no longer should be interrupted by you know by how how much the prequels just kind of deflated that series for so many people like people that i talked to i i mean everybody loves star wars but not everybody loves star wars and it's sometimes i can't contain myself and it'll be not an appropriate time to talk about star wars but we're not going anywhere until we resolve this issue yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's you know sometimes that that I don't know. Sometimes that big uh, supply, what do you call it? The big, um, you know, conveyor belts. Uh, <laughs> what am I trying to the say? machine. Yeah. Sometimes the machine produces a quality product. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's when you're times... it's when you're dealing it's when you're dealing with gold ingots here, not just copper pennies. Yeah, I mean, there's been times <laughs> like I've watched like. Uh director's cuts of films and just been like oh my god i'm so glad right. whoever the editor or the producer was Tony this Darko. was like no i think and that's I one think, that comes to mind uh, i think richard kelly is a great filmmaker but i think whoever edited the original race of donnie darko is the true the genius. true uh the true genius behind that film um but anyway uh that is Civil War. That was Keanu. Um, of course, I'd like to continue the conversation <clears throat> longer, but it's just about my bedtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this was Camera Noise. Thank you for coming back and listening. Um, we'll have plenty more news tidbits on all things Marvel and comic booky, geeky. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to get into some music <clears throat> discussion. Yeah. And... <clears throat> My throat is drying out. I can't no longer talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we got, folks. (laughs) You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash camera noise podcast and also at soundcloud.com backslash superhouse podcast under the playlist camera noise on Twitter at camera noise pod and email us at cameranoise at gmail.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.